Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Before we get started, I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you that it's finally here. I am so excited to announce the Rising Leaders Collective Membership is now open. Why Rising Leaders, you ask? Because we all have a leader inside of us who is screaming to rise. The leader who is ready for more growth, connection, expansion, and possibilities. This will include bi-weekly support as you learn to own and stand on your story in a supportive, collaborative space. Want to become an author, podcaster, or business owner by learning how to share your story authentically and in this supportive space, then this is the space for you. You do not want to miss out. There are some incredible promotions for the first 10 people who join. Sign up at the link in the show notes. I'm so excited to support you and bring this vision to life. Now onto the show. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are chatting with Vanessa Love. Vanessa is a master healer and mystic and a mama who has immersed herself in the world of metaphysics and healing for the past 13 years. She is a forever student, constantly adding to her magical wealth of knowledge. She is a certified Reiki master teacher, having attuned and taught hundreds of students over the past 10 years. She is an open channel and clairvoyant who specializes in assisting you beyond your limitations around wealth and abundance. She believes that everyone can change their stars and delights in walking you through the grandest changes in your life. This is a great conversation and something that is very different from some of the guests that I've had in the show, which I love. We chatted all things about understanding the intuition, really listening to it, leaning in and really diving into what alignment means and how we can really embrace the lessons that we are learning on the journey instead of spending our time and energy fighting them. Vanessa shares her story of the ups and the downs and how she literally went from using and needing food stamps 20 months ago to now being at $130,000 plus in her business with some changes and going all in. So I love this conversation. I love everything that she shares, her heart, the knowledge, and everything that she gives to you. So I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Vanessa. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So we connected in a group program, which is what happens so many times with guests on um, the show. And I would love it if you just first start with where you are living right now. (laughs) So right now I am in Connecticut. I am about an hour and a half outside of New York City. Okay. So you've actually lived in a number of different places, right? Yes. I've lived many, many places. 
Okay. We are going to be getting into that. I definitely know that. I want to know what is something that lights you up right now? Like you today, Vanessa Love, what ignites your flame and lights you up? Oh my God. Honestly, just, well, for one, really, really leaning into and completely owning my abilities and the the sorceress that's within me, the magician that's within me and sharing all of the magic that I have learned over the past 13 years, passing that on is like, it's amazing. It absolutely lights me up and ignites me every single day. The idea that anybody that I'll be able to help anyone Mm -hmm. learn something or feel something different or heal is just, it's phenomenal. That's awesome. I love that. So that is what I see you doing right now. That's what I, I mean, I I would love for you to share who you are today. We're going to dive back into a couple of things but who you are today and what it is that you do. So who am I today? I am a mystic in every sense of the word, every, every sense, very psychic, a healer, mm-hmm. a born healer. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for a long time, connected to my ancestors in a really crazy way. In, in the way that I have dreams, I've been having dreams about my ancestors since I was young, since I was, Gosh, I guess maybe the first time I had a dream about an ancestor was when I was in high school, leaning into them, taking advice from them, asking them for help, just very spiritual, very metaphysical, very mystic. Can I ask you when you had those connections when you were younger, (laughs) was it scary? Were you calm? Were you discouraged from that happening? Did you share it with anyone? What did that look like? Yeah. So I feel like when I was younger, before I had like the first like real experiences, I'm really, really empathic. Like I feel everything and I could feel energy around me. You know how, when you might be like standing at the sink and you're washing dishes and your back is turned to to the door or something. And like, you just know someone walked in, even if they were very quiet, Yeah, it was that feeling, but like all the time you know, and I was like, there's someone here. There is someone here. And I don't know who it is. There's someone here. And I just, I don't know. And then once I started having dreams, then it started making me feel like, Oh, it's you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're here. Mm -hmm. So it felt good. It felt like an answer to a question. So me being like, who is it? Who's here? So I would do that sometimes. I remember going up the stairs at my dad's house, feeling this overwhelming feeling of somebody like standing next to the, the doorway to the kitchen and I turn around and I looked, you know, maybe I'll see something this time, you know, <laughs> and I turn around and look, nothing there, of course. And I'm like, I said it out loud. I said, I know you're here. I don't know who you are. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not sure after I said that for the first time out loud, um, when the first time I had a dream was, but yeah, my great grandmother would come and talk to me. And honestly, it was really comforting. Mm-hmm. It was very comforting to me to talk to her in dreams. And then also just to be like clear, these dreams were like real life. Like she would sit down in, in front of me. I, we were sitting across from each other. I was sitting in a chair. She's sitting in a chair and everything that's happening is normal. It's not like one of those dreams. That's like, things are flying around and you know, things change around. It wasn't like that at all. I walked into a room. She was there. She motioned for me to sit down and we had a conversation. And hilariously enough, she was telling me to break up with my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> she was like, 
you know, time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know what she's talking about. I don't want to do this. It's too uncomfortable. Wow. And she's like, you got to do it. Wow. I've had so many. I mean, I know this could be, I've had so many different dreams where in the sense, somebody was talking to me where I've heard someone, they've looked at me. I've had one that I lost a friend when I was 19 and he passed in a car accident and he was like, we grew up together. And when I got engaged, I had this dream of like, it was noisy. There's people everywhere. And all of a sudden there he was standing there looking at me. And he was like, I am so happy for you. Like live your life. And I'm going, wait, does everyone else see him? Cause I'm looking around going with all these people, but there was like, they weren't there. It was the weirdest thing. So I've had a number of those. So I just love this conversation because it's such an interesting experience when that happens. I will say that what you, I just got full body chills, full body, almost crying because again, the empathic, like can feel mm-hmm. what you felt when you saw him and the very, very first dream was exactly that. Now you're helping me remember when I had that dream about my grandmother, I was definitely out of high school and I had to be like 21. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever had that dream, I think I was about 19 because it was a year after I graduated and one of our close friends from high school passed away. Wow. And it was the same thing. I was, I was standing at her funeral and I was like a hundred feet away from everyone else. And everybody was around, you know, the, the site where she, the burial and everything. And, and, and I was watching from far away and it was raining and it was very sad, you know, and I'm watching from that far away. And then all of a sudden she was like, Vanessa. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> what are you doing here? And she was like, Hey, and I was like, you're, you're not supposed to be here. You're over there. You died. Like what's going on? And she was like, I'm fine. And I was like, mm. are you sure? I don't really believe you because mm-hmm. you died. And she was like, no, I'm right here. And then she started dancing and she was like showing me that she was totally fine. And then she asked me to give a message to her best friend who we were mutual friends with. Mm-hmm. She's like, I need you to give a message to you know, so-and-so. And she was like, it's really important. I need you to do this. Can you please do it? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to tell her. I'll tell her. And so she told me a whole thing. And I actually remember in the dream when I first saw her, I passed out in the dream. I passed out because I was so shocked. Mm-hmm. And she literally was like, get up. Like, what are <laughs> you doing? And I was like, yeah, why are you here? But yeah, she gave me a message. And then I, I kind of tore myself for self up for like three days over, am I going to tell mm-hmm. our friend this? Because she's probably going to think I'm insane. Mm-hmm. And that more the next morning, this is also very weird. And I just feel like I have to tell you about it. The next morning after I woke up from this dream, I was getting ready for work and I was putting my makeup on and listening to the radio. And way back then, <laughs> B96 used to have these, um, like a sex therapist on with this other woman and they would talk about all the things that nobody wanted to talk about, you know, or you really want the answer to, but like the internet wasn't really, not really, you know know what I mean? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So they'd come on this radio show Mm -hmm. that morning. They were talking about these kinds of experiences, like why? (laughs) And I'm listening to it and they're like, yeah, sometimes people come to you in dreams. And I was like, this is so weird. I, just had this dream last night and now they're talking about it this morning. That is so weird. Mm -hmm. 
And it, it was one of the things that pushed me over into telling my friend because so many people were coming on and like talking about their experiences to this day, Marsha, I'm not sure if that was like real or what was happening. What was the sex therapist talking about dreams of people dying? It wasn't until years later that I was like, was that even real or did I just hear it? Was it like, (laughs) I don't know. We'll never know. This is really interesting. And I mean, I I love this conversation because this has not come on here very often. So we're going to dive into it even more because what I want to know was where was the turning point that you went, okay, maybe not everybody has these dreams and maybe I had these dreams. And is that because I'm supposed to do something with it? Like, what's the meaning behind all of this? And how do I, because a lot of people will stuff down their experiences. My son used to have these dreams when he was younger, he would tell me stories that I'm like, I'm sorry, there's no four-year-old that should be able to tell a story like that. That's not, it's not something is different. That's and and I remember at the time reading like just let it be, like let it be, don't fight it, don't tell him it's wrong, just let it be and let it unfold. So where was the turning point for you that you went, okay, wait, maybe I actually am supposed to do something with this. Like maybe this is is this not something everybody has or am I is this one of my gifts? Yeah, I knew I was different because I would talk to my sister was the one that I would talk to about these things. It was all around the same time, 19, 20, 21, that this all started getting really like in my face, you know, psychic experiences with my sister. So I would talk to her about it. She was kind of the one that let me know, like, this isn't normal, like, well, usual, I guess I would say, because there's no such thing as normal, but like, this is unusual. You're having an unusual experience. Not everybody has this. And I was like, okay, I knew right away. I felt within me that if this is unusual and I'm having these experiences and there are these messages that need to be shared, I have to share them. That was just like, for me, that was like a given that was not even questionable. So later on, if I did have any kind of dreams about anyone out of nowhere, sometimes actually I dream about people that I haven't talked to in a long time and I see them in some kind of distress or something's going on. And then I know I'm supposed to call that person and check in on them. And it never fails. It never fails that there's something going on with them that they needed to talk about or they needed connection on or something like that. So it actually, it happened right before I moved with one of my really good friends that I love her to pieces, but you know, those friends that like you, you talk a few times a year and it's like, you pick up right where you left off. No time has gone yeah. by. You don't talk all the time, but yeah, it was with her and I was watching this time. Well now, because it's progressed so much, it's so much time has gone by. It happens just I'll be awake. It's not really dreams anymore. Now I'm awake. And I heard very clearly while I was washing my face. It's always doing something mundane, something like, you know, not really thinking about anything else. It usually has to do with water. I'm around water. Um, I needed to check in on her. She needs to be checked in on someone. You need to call her and you need to check in on her. And so I messaged her and I said, Hey, I feel like I really need to check in on you. And I, I use those words Long story short, after I did talk to her, she was like, I can't believe that you called me, Vanessa, because the night before I was washing my face and thinking, how come no one checks in on me? How come no one ever checked? She used the same words and I was like, done. (laughs) But I think as far as like the turning point, like when did I like start to like really get into it was during my spiritual awakening 
during my spiritual awakening also coincided with my Saturn return. I was 29 years old and um, I found energy work. I found Reiki or it found me. And at the same time that I was going through yoga teachers training for Hatha yoga, I was also under the apprenticeship of my Reiki master teacher for two years. I studied with her and that was when it just exploded. I mean, like Marsha, I would, I would be in my house and my TV would go on in the middle of the night all the time. Like very like strange things started to happen when I really opened up to it. I would think, I remember standing in my living room one day and I had these bookshelves all over my walls in my living room. And I would think, I think I'm supposed to read a new book. I don't, I don't know what this book is though. And a book would fall off the shelf. Like it happened more than once. And I was like, okay. I'm not, there's no judgment. I absolutely love this. I've had a couple people on who've had like the book literally fall in their lap. And it was like the book that created massive change for them. So I love, love, love this conversation. And I believe that like, I'm asking as you continue to dive into this, open the channels, allow it to be heard. Did you just keep like deepening that relationship with your intuition? I took, I want to say I took my my Reiki training, like really seriously. Mm-hmm. I, everything that my teacher asked me to do or suggested me to do, I did it. I did it. I meditated morning and evening. My spirit guides would come in and talk to me. I would get in trouble for not eating well. I would, they would talk to me about, you really need to drink some more water. Like I could see them. Yeah. So I took it really seriously and always continuing that education. Even to now, I still take more and more classes. I started learning about crystals. I started learning about all different ways to enhance your healing sessions, essential oils. Like, um, I went through medical Qigong training for practitioner training, using, um, Chinese medicine and different ways of moving energy in the body. I'm just like obsessed with healing and my North node is in Virgo. So, (laughs) (laughs) so my, as my astrologer tells me Mm -hmm. because of some very large placements in my chart. I'm bringing all of the medicine woman, um, knowledge that I have psychically from past lives, bringing it into this life to heal other people. It's actually what I'm supposed to be doing. It's what I'm here to do. And I'm, so I'm following that and it makes sense. And I'll say this about anybody. It doesn't matter what your path is, but if you find your path in, in your, you will be supported you will be supported. So some of these people that you see like growing by leaps and bounds online, they are in their true authenticity. They're in their true calling. That's why they're exploding. And that's why you can't copy. That's why you can't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to open a spa. Like just uh, because I know that spas make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Because it's not your true calling. It's not going to be supported. It's actually, you're going to be deterred from doing that because it isn't your true calling. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like being on that path and, and following my true calling also helped me face fears. So when I, when I first started, when I was doing this, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of like, well, how do I get clients? How do I like start working on people? I had the very, very fortunate situation where I was already a holistic esthetician. So there were already people laying on a table in front of me every day that I was touching, massaging every day between 
five to eight people every day. So I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna like work this in, <laughs> work this in, just start talking about energy and like, Hmm. You know, like on, it sounds like you were, you'd already made decisions that were in alignment on the path. And I always talk about like that when we make one step, that door opens and that door leads to the one that we're at, like it could be five doors down, but we have to open one of the doors, which then continues to open. So you'd made decisions that put you in that position so that you could be in a space where you had multiple clients you could work with healing. Yes. So what started the whole thing was wanting to, inside my heart, I knew I wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. I originally wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Two things. I actually, (laughs) I relate to that. Yes. (laughs) Two things happened. One, I'm not going to school for that long. Mm -hmm. And like, and like doing all of the, like, oh, you have to do that. No, I'm not doing that. Get me into the thing. That's going to help me do the thing right away. Mm -hmm. So already I wasn't going to do that. And also I didn't want to cut people open. I knew that there was a different way. I just intuitively, that's just my intuition being like, no, there's a different way I can do this. Cosmetology is a weird thing to think about, but I also noticed that in high school, I would just do hair, do my friend's hair and stuff like that. And it just made everyone so happy. Mm -hmm. I really like making people feel good and make them feel happy. Mm -hmm. So I got into cosmetology. And then after that, I found aesthetics. I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like totally new to me. I know people go and get facials. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Well, luckily with cosmetology, you can do everything, hair, skin, nails, went to a spa, started doing aesthetics there. I was a really, really good at selling. And it's just from like a sales point of view, because I sold through education. Mm-hmm. If my client needed something, I would help them understand why they needed it, what ingredients were in here that were going to target their dry skin or whatever, it was breakouts or whatever. And that that's why this is going to work. And they would just buy everything that I, that I told them. And now, of course, I would, again, soul-centered sales. I always was completely listening to what they were saying and making a regime that was perfect for them, mm-hmm. always custom. And that led into the sales rep whose products I was selling like crazy, being like, what are you doing? I need your help. And so she hired me to be an educator for her because she was like, whatever you're doing, I want you to teach to the other estheticians, like in Illinois, like how to do this. Mm -hmm. So then I became her sidekick and I started doing education and teaching other estheticians, like how to see it from my, however I was viewing it. I helped them, which increased her sales, which made her happy. There was a international sales or excuse me, an international educator that came in that was involved with the line that I was working for she did energy work on someone at one of our trainings, like randomly, mm-hmm. not randomly, but random. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We were doing an all day training at a very big spa in Peoria. And one of the women was just like having a hard time. You could just see she wasn't comfortable. And so Natalie, the, the international trainer said, are you okay? And she's like, we're all caregivers, you know? <laughs> and she goes, mm-hmm no, I'm having a migraine and I have to go through the whole rest of this day. I'm fully booked all day. And, you know, for us, massage therapists, and we we can't, you can't call out once you're at work, you're at work. It's kind of like, sorry. So Natalie said, why don't you lay down? And I watched it happen in front of my eyes. She took a migraine away from this woman. And I was obsessed after that. I want to do that. That's the thing. I asked her what it was. And it just went on from there. 
she was talking about chakras and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I went, I went home and I was like, I don't know what this is. What is this? You know, I Googled energy work and Reiki, 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 Reiki kept coming up on the, on the Google search. And they were talking about chakras. And I thought, you know what? My yoga teacher, she talks about chakras a lot. I'm going to ask her. I go to class, ask my teacher. I, I learned about this Reiki thing. And I don't know. I saw somebody, she, she removed a migraine from this lady and it just like made her day. And I want to do that. And do you know about Reiki? Cause it talks about chakras. You talk about chakras and the whole time she's just staring at me. Like I finished talking. She like, lets me finish my little rant of like, oh, do you know anybody who does this? You know? And she goes, I just got my Reiki t- teacher's certification like this weekend. Wow. And we both were like, <laughs> know what that means immediately. <laughs> That's the piece on timing and alignment though, right? Like you can't force it to happen because it's not, it's not on a timeline we control, which is sometimes very frustrating as humans because we like it to go a certain way, which it never does. But that's just part of like trusting that process. So as you did that and you really started to get in tune with, you know, your intuition and your path and what you were here to do, I have to take you to a question of, you've come through a major transformation this last 18 months, 19 months ish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've gone from food stamps to $130,000 in sales. Okay. So let's talk and unpack a, a smidgen on how did you get to the space of where food stamps were the option? There's no, like, there's no shame, but mm-hmm. I want people to understand because they're listening, going, here's somebody who's like incredibly confident, sure of herself. And in a space, we all know life happens to everybody mm-hmm. it really does. I just want you to paint a picture for people so that they can see where, how did life end up taking you to that space? And then how did you move from there to create the change that you've made now? Yeah. Okay. So I probably would have to go back to when I moved to Florida, mm-hmm. I moved there so confident. Cause obviously you just said it, I'm confident in what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at what I do. Not only was I an esthetician for 10 years when I moved there, I also was in sales and education for 10 for 10 years, same amount of time. And I thought I can get a job anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I could. And I started working at the Hard Rock Hotel at the spa at the Hard Rock Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. Mm-hmm. Right away. There weren't very many clients though. It wasn't that busy. And so I work on commission and in the spa that I was at in Chicago, it was like, I was booked solid every day and I made a lot of money there. Mm -hmm. And so it just wasn't transferring. And I was like, kind of starting to panic. Mm -hmm. And I still had my sales job because I could do so much of that over the phone. You know, I just make calls and like actually have to go in all the time. And then right at the end of the year, I moved there in October of 2016 So at the end of the year, December, 2016, out of nowhere, I get a call being like, we're paring down. Sorry. Oh, just lost. Yeah. Just lost it. Just gone. And I was like, they're, they were reconfiguring their business. They were redoing a whole bunch of things. They let a whole bunch, like, you know, it's like one of those things, but it's just, I didn't do anything. It just happened. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, crap. (laughs) Okay. 
found another place to work, same situation. You know, they, they were amazing. They were like, Oh my God, you're amazing. Cause like my resume is like stacked. Yeah. <laughs> like they wanted me to like be head, head of the aesthetics department and all this. Well, it was just, again, it's like this teeny tiny place. They're not busy. They just opened. They wanted me to like set everything up for them and like run everything, but they weren't like paying me. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like I couldn't even like wrap my head around like how this was happening. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back was I went for a interview for a wax, a waxing line. They wanted me again to like be the the lead, be like head of everything. And what they were paying me was what they wanted to pay me, what they offered me was a joke. It was an abs. I was so offended to the number that they gave me for doing this, that I wrote like kind of a scathing email (laughs) to this guy being like, I don't know who you think you are. And then I got pregnant Mm -hmm. and uh, I, I like didn't even, uh, it was just like one thing after the next, I was like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm so stressed out. I don't want my body to be stressed out while I'm pregnant. Also, I don't really want to live you know, a thousand miles away from my family when I'm about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So I moved, I moved back home and I got my job back at the spa that I was working at in Chicago. Fast forward through, we had her, of course, and this is something I don't like about the, the, the spa industry. Love what I do, but I didn't like that. We weren't supported. Like any time I took off, it didn't matter that I worked with this this place for 10 years. They just weren't equipped to like pay me while mm-hmm. I was, you know, so I had to like save and then plan for not working for three months. And then we were just trying to decide like, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay in Chicago? Or are we going to come back here where his family is? And basically how, how that happened, how I ended up getting on food stamps is that when we moved back here, just nothing was working out. Nothing, nothing worked out. And that's something also I'm not, I'm not used to, you know, when I follow my intuition, I usually am met with like, here you go, you know, just everything kind of going swimmingly. This did not go swimmingly. It was. Thank you for sharing that. That is like, I, I know a lot of people will find themselves in your words and what you're saying, because sometimes you like, you're saying yes to what you feel is the right things. Mm-hmm. You're doing the things. And it's like, I just, sometimes it's like, do I just keep banging my head against the wall? Like, why mm-hmm. is it not? working. I think it's alignment, but I don't know what is, what that is. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing that because yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you looking back, cause obviously hindsight's 2020. Of course it is. <laughs> um, what was I missing? Right. Like what was I missing? If I'm not, if I'm keep getting no's and I'm like, you guys, like, I don't understand. I'm like, why is nobody hiring me? Like this is, I'm, can, I'm amazing. And then some of my friends and stuff, I would like be talking to about it and they'd be like, maybe you're overqualified, you know, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's another level of infuriating, you know? Mm-hmm. So looking back and even, you know, spiritual advice, you know, I have this friend of mine that's really spiritually connected and, you know, sometimes you just can't see things mm-hmm. clearly when you're in it. So I would get like reads from her, like spiritual reads. And she was like, the thing that I heard the most is Vanessa, you are not supposed to be working for someone else. Mm. you're not you are not cut out for this you are supposed to be your own boss you're supposed to be working and I'm like yeah but 
and always, always wanted to do that. Like I remember being a kid and telling my dad, I'm going to have my own business. I kept not doing it. So the universe kept being like, you're not getting a job. You're not getting a job. You know, like you can't, you're not doing this anymore. If you want to like progress and get into full alignment with your true essence, then you can't work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And now again, like I said, hindsight's 2020. 20. Now I see that. Now I understand because I worked for a little while at a spa here in Washington epically gorgeous. Like we're talking about, like I've worked on celebrities there because it's that kind of place. Like it's beautiful. I hated it. It's nice. I hated it because I was working for someone else. But then it also becomes a, I mean, I love how hindsight, I always think many times, right? I, the decision I make today is based on the information I have today. Tomorrow I could have a whole lot different information, but today this is what I have. And when you're in a space that you are, I've been, I've been in like some pretty destitute spaces where it's like, I do not know what to do next. The thought though, of leaving a job or something that would be, it's not security because trust me, when you're in that space, it's not security. But when you're in that space, the, the fear of making the jump to now I'm going to be completely on my own to figure this out is so scary as hell, which is why a lot of people don't do it, but they're stuck in a cycle that's not working at all. Mm -hmm. So what did that step look like for you? What did that bridge look like for you? Okay. So to be completely honest, I, I just really got real and like really record. I was like, I'm miserable. Why am I miserable? Mm -hmm. I don't like where I'm working. Why don't I like where I'm working? I love the work. I'm doing, I don't like going in and punching a clock. That's what it comes down to. That means I can't work for someone else. So fine. And I talked to my partner at the time and I was like, look, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, if you are miserable, do something else. I don't, I, at the time, even I wasn't even sure like how, what it was going to look like moving forward. I just knew I couldn't do this anymore. So I talked to the spa manager, you know, and I was just, I told her, I was like, I got to put in my notice. I still want to like, what I still wanted to do was it, it would feel good to just go into like cover for people. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to have like a schedule there where I had to be there all the time. But like, if so-and-so needed time off, I, that felt good. Mm-hmm. I was okay with that. Cause it was just like, Ooh, popping in and out, you know, <laughs> like getting to come into this beautiful space. And it was and then I go home, you know, and I don't have to worry about it again. And I can say yes or no, if I want to do it or not, that, that felt good. It was the week before the pandemic <laughs> that I told her this <laughs> and then boom, everything closed anyway. So I didn't, I wasn't taking, I wasn't taken off of employee status. I didn't quit. Wow. And so I got all the benefits later on from whatever Mm-hmm. I was getting paid way more. That pandemic relief was way more than I was getting paid, like actually getting paid there. Right. Wow. So then what I did, and I'll just sneak this in right here. Mm-hmm. I applied for the, to the unemployment and everything like that. And then, you know, it takes a while. It took a while. Everything took a while. Yep. So then you've got like backed weeks Delays. Yep. of this. So whenever it came in, I had like many weeks that were backed up. So it was a like, kind of like a lump sum. I took all of it and I invested it in my first coach. I just went all in. I was like, you know, you guys, I was still on food stamps at this point. 
just barely got money that was supposed to be for, you know, like living. Mm-hmm. I talked to my partner at the time and I was like, this is what I want to do. I know, I know I can do this. Mm-hmm. I just need to know how, and I need the direction. Cause I don't know what I'm doing online. Obviously he knew, he knows I'm brilliant at what I do. Yeah. And he was like, if, if this is, and I'm like, this is it. I know this is it. I can feel it. I gave that girl $5,000 when I had, so that's what, when they're all like, whenever you hear like coaches being like, you got to bet on yourself, go all in, you know, like I fully agree with that. When you know, like when you feel it within you that you're like, it has to be a full body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is the thing that's going to take me, take me over. Before we get started today, I want to take a quick minute to tell you the scripting workshop is here. This is a three-hour workshop that we ran last year during December and everyone loved it. Why scripting? Because scripting allows us to celebrate how far we have come and to see the possibility of what is coming. Scripting is a method of writing in detail about the reality that you want to create or manifest. It is allowing your imagination to take hold, communicating what it wants in a story-like way. It is an incredible practice that I have embodied and repeated many times in my life from changing jobs, publishing my book, and for very specific events such as my back surgery in 2020. It is about focusing on what you want to create, how you want it to look, to feel, and what you want to see. This is not about setting goals, resolutions, or vision boards. It is about setting the intentions for how you choose to show up for your life. This three-hour workshop is on December 4th. It includes the replay and actionable steps for how to create the life you know you are here to live. You can join us at the link in the show notes or when you join the Rising Leaders Collective first access to everything that we offer. You do not want to miss out. Scripting has become an exercise that has changed my life, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Sign up at the link in the show notes. I'm so excited to support you during this exercise. Now, on to the show. Can I just interject one thing there? Because I love what you're saying. And I've heard some coaches say that, and I and I totally, I totally agree. And I think there's also such a difference, though, of investing in yourself and being ready to show up and do the work. And investing in a coach and saying, but nothing is happening. Like the coach isn't going to fix it for you, but the coach can be that person when you're ready and committed. So obviously you are in a space of saying like, I'm ready to show up and do this. I'm not hoping someone's going to fix this for nope. me. Nope. You have to be. The yeah. coach is a part of your catalyst. Yeah. The coach is a part of your catalyst. You can't expect the coach, the coach to be the catalyst. So good. That you is looking. So good. Yeah. You are looking for something outside of yourself when you do that. Um, Anytime you look for something outside of yourself, more than likely it ain't going to be the right thing. Right. Right. You already have to know within you. And that's why, you know, and that's why when I even talk to people, you know, like if you're not ready for this, don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you don't feel fully, this is what I want to do, then you need more time Mm -hmm. or maybe something else will come up for you. You know, um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta want it. And so like, I was there, I, I'm like, I am how old <laughs> and on food stamps mm-hmm. with a one and a one and a half year, two year old. Mm-hmm. No, no more. And you know, there's a couple of things too. Like I, I do feel like the, well, in the U S anyway, the, the, um, 
there's just no structural setup for uh, proper support of of new parents, new moms. New, it's just it's atrocious. That then that's like a whole other thing. But like that too, I was like, uh, you know, so I need to. I'm I'm I'm. This is going to work. I I just knew a hundred percent. I was going to show up and whatever she told me to do, I did it. Mm-hmm. And also, you're damn right. I did it. I I just took all all of it. I just took everything Mm -hmm. and bet on myself with it. You are going to show up. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing too, is that you got to do the work. So you got to do the work. You got to want to, it's like, I feel like too, it's like quitting smoking or it's like, if you want to not eat sugar anymore, like you have to want to do it. You can't just like, you know, be like, maybe maybe I might be ready. Cause you're you're not going to get the results that you want. No. No, hundred percent. I love that. So you then dove in to your own business and it started to unfold. You started to like, what did those first few months look like? Cause I know it's even been a transformation even into this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like a lot of messy action. It yeah. looked like a lot of, you know, like Coraline loves to say, like, just do it. Just do it. If you're afraid of it, counts five, do it anyway. You know, <laughs> like, you know it says that. but yeah, I just, I got over myself. I got over like, what are other people? I think mainly it was like, what are other people going to think of me? Like, I'm going to come on and start talking about this and like, who's even going to care, but you have to start somewhere. You got to just begin. And I, I, it's so funny. I have this really beautiful um, piece of art with a butterfly on it. And it's, it's really pretty graphic. And it just says, just begin. Mm-hmm. on there. Cause that's what you have. You have to do it. You just begin. And you also, I think, um, something important is wrapping your head around that. It's going to be an evolving path when you start, you know, you, the way that you start, isn't how it's going to look in a year, No, but you have to just begin you have to just begin and start, um, interacting with people. And like, it's not going to go from zero to 60 in one month. That's just not, you you, you got, you built, you're building something. Mm-hmm. So you did that. You went in and like, I just, I love this evolution and I watch what you do. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you do now that lights you up the most about what you're offering and how you are now, in my opinion, literally taking your story mm-hmm. and sharing the lessons, the knowledge with what you learned to completely transform your own life. And now you're helping others do the same. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm doing now is helping people understand energy, that everything is energy that anybody can, if if, again, like if you want to, and you're drawn to it, that anybody can work with energy, you can move energy, you can protect your own energy. Mm -hmm. And you can use that. Gosh, it's like, it's so, it's like, it's so complex. I feel like it's like so layered what I actually end up doing. So it's kind of like, because I'm a healer, we connect. I get an idea of what's going on with your energy, help you understand that. So we're starting there. It usually always starts with like a session, like a healing session. And then I, I just love helping people understand their own power. And that they can do this and then use it and utilize it in their everyday life. So no matter what that is, I mean, I think a lot of soul aligned business owners are attracted to me because it's what I do. Mm -hmm. 
So how do I start doing this? And people who are in transition and transformation, I think are also really attracted to me, which I love. I mean, I'm one time I sat and I did a meditation and I said, what, you know, when I first started doing my Reiki training and I, and I said, what, who am I? Like, why am I even here? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be helping people? And this very vivid image came up that I will never forget. It's like, like zapped into my brain. I'm walking down a path and there's five people walking behind me and it's dark and I have a lantern and we're walking, walking down this path. And all of a sudden I, there's a smaller path that's coming off of this larger one. And I turn to the person that's directly behind me and I just motion with my arm. This is your path. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they walk on that path. Mm-hmm. And then we keep walking and the next person, and then they go down their path. And so I, I just love walking through things with people like, and more, more often than not, that, that ends up being transformation. If you want to go from over here mm-hmm. to this knowing of, I really want to be over here mm-hmm. and just going through the mud with them because I've done it before and I know how, and I, and I'm equipped and I'll help you and I'm going to hold your hand, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to carry you. I'm not going to walk for you, but I'm going to hold your hand and we can walk through this together. And I'm going to help you understand how to walk through. And the only way out is through, you got to just keep going. And if you want that giant transformation, if you want to go from food stamps to to 130 or K or, or beyond, You've got to be okay with going through a whole bunch of shit and a whole bunch of shit that you've never seen, dealt with, or known before. Mm -hmm. And that's why mentorship is so, with the right person, is so amazing and transformational. Is because you can get there. I did it. Other people can do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just my joy to help other people go from here. there. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I see you, you work in like one-on-one capacity. You also work with like your group program, which is called, what's your group? My current, my current group program is called the wealth codes. It's a group activation. Yeah. So this is all about money because clearly I was on food stamps and it wasn't the first time. So (laughs) there have been many ups and downs in my life concerning and around money that had to do with, um, oh my gosh, it runs the gamut, all different kinds of things, beliefs, um, psychological patterns, you know, all of these types of things. And all too well. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so one day I just channeled in this, I'm an open channel, you know, and I work with the Akashic Records too. And I just channeled in these, these codes. They, they handed it to me. They gave it to me. And, um, it's for me to pass on. And again, there's, there's very, it's very, very deep energy work. It's not Reiki. It's very deep energy work that needs, um, support, you need support through. Um, and I, I noticed that with a lot of people that have taken this, it's like, we're also doing sessions in between energetically just to help you hold this shift that ends up happening. Talk about anything that comes up around money and you know, these kinds of things. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. And it's ridiculously fulfilling and amazing. And I just, I love seeing all the wins that people are having and 
I was doing it one-on-one before to just to get like a feel of like, what is this even? And in the group, it's the pe- the things that these people are sharing every day, like crying, crying over their transformation. Um, the other thing I love doing that's coming up is going to be a, um, a self energy mastery course that I'm doing with um, energy. Like we're, we're coaches. We work with other people day in, day out how to protect your energy, how to fill your own cup energetically, how to disconnect if you feel hooked into, you know, um, just all the energetics of dealing, dealing and being with other people constantly can be draining. And there's a certification involved in that one because I'm a Reiki master teacher, so I can certify all the different levels. So that one includes certification. I'm really excited about it. I've done that one between hundreds of people and it's so fun and exciting and amazing. It's so awesome and so interesting. I love it. There's so many different things there that I love how you are using tools plus your own story to help people with their transformation. And money's just one aspect of it. It's not like, as you said, it can be any of those things. And I think that a really, in, in my opinion, this is how I coach, but this is, this is the kind of coaches that I'm most attracted to is they help to show you the path, but they, and they can walk beside you on the path, but they never drag you down the path. They never pull you, push you all those things. And I think that's the thing is if you want to actually create the change yourself, that requires full ownership of yourself going down that path. No one else is going to come and fix it, change it, do it. It has to come from us. If it's going to be lasting, which is the same as if a person who has not done any money work comes into a ton of money. And then how many times do you hear the story? I think it's like 75 or 80% of the time they lose it all and sometimes massive sums of money, but they also didn't do the work to be able to hold that change in the amount. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing in the wealth codes. I mean, so much like nervous system work, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, I'll ask one of the questions that gets asked in this. Um, if you got exactly what you wanted tomorrow, how would that like really feel? If you're going to sit down and be honest about it, mm-hmm. if you got everything you wanted, how does that actually really feel? Are you freaked out? Mm-hmm. You know, are you like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. You know, like that be careful what you wish for type thing happening. Yes. Yes. And money is such a funny thing too, right? Because I think, I don't remember who said it, but I love that quote that it literally just amplifies more of who you are and it's not, it doesn't fix, it doesn't change. It amplifies who you are. So if you want to be the good person, like if you want to be, if that's something you really strive to, then you do it regardless of whether you have money. And I remember, um, we went through a really difficult time. Um, my husband's been in this space where you just described earlier where there was twice he lost his job, no warning, no nothing, just mm-hmm. gone and restructuring companies. I've been in this position and it's like, it's so scary to, to rely on that faith that I can get myself through this. And then I remember reading about this and I'm like, okay, how can I be more of that energy? How can I do that? Even though I'm like scraping, trying to figure it out. And so we just got, got into the habit of like, we buy a $5 food bag when I'm at the grocery store. I'm like, I will buy that with the intention of like, I know this is going to help someone I know. And I believe it comes, it all comes around anyways. hundred percent. And I would say like my favorite thing to do now, like, and I, I thought about that the other day too, because 
this has been a topic of discussion, like for the past couple of weeks of like going from food stamps to 130 K. And, and I was thinking about, am I different? I'm no different than I was when I was on food stamps. I'm not a different person, you know, like it's still me, Mm -hmm. but the things that I spend my money on are different. I love supporting other women in business. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll just do donation stuff. And sometimes I'll get a, a session from someone because I know like whatever their situation is and they're just starting out and maybe struggling and what they're offering, I want. So I'll support them, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. That's beautiful. Where can people connect with you, find you, all the things? Is it, is there one platform you're on more than others? I'll make sure everything you have is in the show notes. Oh yeah. So I'm on Instagram um, and my handle there is um, at Vanessa J love. Mm-hmm. And I have a Facebook group that's called magic and manifestation with Vanessa J love. I love, I'm in that group. I love that group. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And the, the magic is the energy work mm-hmm. and the manifestation is everything that comes from that. That's beautiful. Can I ask you what, I have a couple quick questions for you, but the one I want to ask is like, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? What lesson in life am I, am I most grateful for? I think honestly, like the, when I close my eyes, I see it and it's like getting shoved down, just pushed down or tripped 50,000 times mm-hmm. and being grateful for the personality that I have, I specifically have the kind of personality where I'm like, Oh, whoops. And I stand up, dust myself off and just start running again. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think those hard lessons, even though we hate them in the moment, when you look, I guarantee you, when you look back on your life, you will, you will be like, I can't imagine not having gone through that and, and, and getting through it because of how much it taught me, because how much I expanded from it. Mm-hmm. And then also the, the fear too, like having fears, um, really deep fears. That's the other place that I always talk about. And I always love to think about in expansion and in moving forward. And if, if I listen to my fear and I never touch the live button, I don't even want to think about where I would be right now. I want to think about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to think about that. <laughs> I'm just going to think about, yeah, I'm just going to think about, I faced that fear and I did it anyway, mm-hmm. you know, cause expansion is always behind the fear too. So I think the hard lessons, the hard lessons, like I said, I'm I, in the visual that they're giving me. When you asked me that question, I closed my eyes and they showed me sitting at a desk and just getting like somebody with their hand on the back of my head. Like you're this is what you're, you're studying this. You're going to learn. And I'm like, <laughs> we do have to go to the bathroom. And they're like, no, <laughs> I'm hungry. Can I eat? No, you're here. This. this is yeah. Yeah. The hard lessons. It's interesting because I can tell you, um, if you are listening to this, I want this message to land. Oh, I think we're at 330 interviews. I have no, I don't, I don't even know. We've got so many episodes we've done. I love it. And I'm grateful for all of it. I can tell you there is an overwhelming majority of people that I have interviewed on this show. Like, I mean, probably 90% or more who, when I ask them that question, they almost always say it's the lessons. 
It's what I've learned. I'm serious. It's actually, and I, and I love this. It's the lessons. It's what I've learned. I wouldn't be who I am today without it. I couldn't have learned it another way. It's helped me to be who I am. So when you're in this space, when life doesn't make sense, and I would say it's so easy to look at it and go like, why is this happening to me? The reframe, I know this is a trigger, but like, what is this? If, if, what is this? teaching me or what is this how is this happening for me that the four was always a trigger for me especially when you're in really ugly situations so I've reframed it's like what is this teaching me what is this teaching me like I don't deserve to be in a horrible situation and that's how I perceive four like sometimes when it's mm-hmm. happening when you're in the de- and when you're in the depths of it you know it's just, yeah it's not the it's not the right in my opinion, the right choice of words, but instead the perspective of like, what is this teaching me? But it's overwhelming. The number of people that I interview on the show, they almost always say it's like the hardest lessons that I've learned. That's, that's what I'm grateful for. Yep. And I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's the personality types that you, mm-hmm. the personality type, the, the personality of people who do this, who have our, who we have our own businesses and stuff. Like you have to look at it that way. Right. Like how, yeah. It's the only way you create change. It's a Mm -hmm. victim mentality is I don't judge that. I lived there for a long time. I mean, it's, but it's a real thing. And when we're in a space of victim mentality, zero, there's, it's like all the doors are closed. There's no room for change. Do you can't, there's not even a crack in a door because Mm -hmm. you've closed them. Because it's, you're living in this space of it's me, 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 why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. And it, in order to open up a crack in a door to create change, you have to be in a space of asking, like, what am I supposed to be learning here? What is this teaching? What am I, you have to start to look at it differently. And that mm-hmm. becomes that catalyst. Like you just talked about earlier, like one tiny step catalyst that starts to open the next door and the next door and the next door but you go first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge reason also why I started studying psychological astrology, because I have been for the past year and a half. So probably right right when all of these hard, really hard lessons, the latest one, the latest variety, Mm -hmm. um, um, Saturn has been in a hard aspect to my son. And I'm, that's all I'm not going to like get into it. But what I will say is that it's very helpful for certain kind of personalities, the way that you think, like you said, I don't really like that word, the the phrase of like, it's happening for me. Cause it kind of makes me want to, yeah, exactly. you know, Same. like be like, off finger. F yeah. Off. yeah. Like, yeah. uh, right. Um, <laughs> just like in terms of like looking at planets and looking at math, when the math says it, it's somehow comforting I don't even know how to describe it. It's not like your best friend being like, you're going to be totally fine. You're going to get through this. You're going to be stronger. And you're like, leave me alone. (laughs) But for some reason, when you look at a chart and you're looking at that, it's like, this is why you're going through this. You're not being punished. Mm -hmm. Saturn is the planet that's the best teacher. It's Mm -hmm. the best. And then you can, I don't know, for, for me anyway, it like went like this and flipped my brain. And I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not a bad person. I'm not being punished. This is the energy that's swirling around me right now. And I can choose to learn from all of these lessons that are being put right here in my face, or I can ignore it. Mm-hmm. This is a grand opportunity. And then like, you know, 
just flipping your the way of your thinking about it is like this actually this opportunity is not going to come back for another 30 years or or so I should take advantage of it right now what are all the things I'm learning right now mm-hmm. and I will tell you that happened over the year to this past 18 months too as I thought these are the the hardest lessons are happening to me right now to catapult that I also think that's a big catapult yeah. the way that I catapult it is because I'm being made to take all the beautiful things out of the hard lesson. Oh, I love that. I love the catapult piece. And I love that. I always imagine that visualize the arrow being pulled back. Like it's like, okay, I'm in a time of life where my arrow is being pulled back and it can feel like you're taking baby steps, but when you really honor where you are, like it can catapult quite a bit forward. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Last question I have for you is everything I talk about is like owning your story. And really owning who you are and, you know, really standing from a space of unapologetically, this is who I am. This is what I've learned. And I am really on the other side of my story. Can you imagine where your life would be if you were not in a space of truly owning who you were and what you've come through? Absolutely not. I could Mm -hmm. never, I could never, I would never be happy. Mm -hmm. I really feel like I would never be happy. I feel like my light would be so dimmed. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could wake up every day and be happy. Like, there's no way. Like, happiness is like happiness and joy is like my favorite thing <laughs> about life. Get out and smell the roses, you know. And what I built for myself, I built on purpose because I want to spend time with my daughter. I want, I want to send her to an awesome school or daycare because that daycare is cool. Mm-hmm. not because I have to, because I got a punch a clock. Do you see what I mean? Like mm-mm. you're consciously creating choices in all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you're creating opportunities. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think also like having your why written out, like if you're a visual person, have it somewhere where you can see it every day. Mm-hmm. If you're, if, if it really helps to hear it every day, record yourself saying your mission, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. I mean, my mission, why am I doing this? Because I live for fun. Uh, I don't, I don't think anyone should only get two weeks of vacation every year. That is like, I can't imagine that. A lot of people live that way though. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. But a lot of people live that way. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I can't imagine that. So I thought, well, how can I create my life so that that's not even a thing? Mm-hmm. I want every day to feel fun. I want every day to feel my, my work, the work I do, it's not work. This is the most amazing thing on the planet that I get to do. I'm just, it's so joyful. Just doing this is so joyful to me that I, you know, even when I was doing, when I was in aesthetic still, and I still had a studio in Chicago, I'd forget to take payment for my clients because we were just like talking and laughing and like, okay, when you want to come in next and they'd leave and always be like, oh my God, I forgot to pay you. I'm like, oh, just, I've just been mommy, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, I forgot. Cause like, yeah. it wasn't work at all. And that's what I wanted my life to be. That's how I wanted to architect my life. If I could wake up every day and not even feel like I'm working and, you know, go to go on vacation wherever I feel like it, take my computer with me. Mm-hmm. you know, take, take a couple, you know, a couple, have like a few calls while I'm on the beach in Florida. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to create. And I wanted to create gener- generational wealth for my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever want her to worry about the things I worried about growing up mm-hmm. ever. 
That's, I don't want that to cross it be like a thought in her mind. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did, Vanessa. I absolutely loved our conversation and I'll make sure everybody knows how to connect with you, but I've really enjoyed this time with you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.